welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we're unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Trisha Ryan, and together with Crystal Roberts, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we are exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. We're back. Technically, we were back last week with that amazing episode with Susan Mann talking about how to sustain our spirit in challenging times. Oh, gosh. It was great. Wasn't that great? Yeah. And we're going to talk a little more about that in a few minutes. But first, I just wanted to say that I'm so excited to be back working on lifting leaders again. I missed it. Um, and to be working with you, Tricia. I am right there with you. I missed you, and I totally missed this. I didn't know if I would, but I did. Yeah, it was glad good to, to have back. a break, but it's we missed it pretty quickly, so yeah. we're glad to be back. And uh, we hope our listeners missed missed these episodes and missed us too, and we we missed you, our listeners, so we're glad to be back. It was great to have a break, and we did get a lot of the benefits that we talked about in our episode before we left, which was on taking a break. And so we hope that people, if you haven't listened to that, to go back and and listen to that. And especially for those people who didn't get their break this summer. So you'll need to go back and take a look, and that'll help you to see that taking a break really is an investment. And when we are able to disengage and get away, we have increased health, resilience, productivity, and lots of other benefits. So we hope you'll go back. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back, take a peek at it, and put together your investment and take a break. Uh, It's not too late. It's only the end of September, so beautiful fall colors are coming. Let's talk a little bit about what we actually learned and did while we were on our break. You want to share some favorite things, Trisha, that that you did? I had a lot of favorite things that we're going to talk about in a minute, but I I think I really needed some head time to just think about how to reset my space a little bit. You know, Mm. I wanted to get more organized. I'm not completely there, but (laughs) I have a much better plan now than I had. I got a chance to read some books that I had not read and had been wanting to read. I participated in a a learning circle for Mm -hmm. uh, several weeks, which was amazing. I had so much fun with it. And I got out and just enjoyed outside for a while this summer. And I think, you know, sometimes we get so wrapped up at work, we forget that we live, I know where we live, it's just so beautiful in the summertime. And I don't want to miss taking advantage of that or taking, you know, taking a moment to enjoy and appreciate what we have because it's not maybe always going to be there. And so I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the moment as I can. And, and I kind of made a resolve to do that from now on, what, no matter what the season, I'm just going to spend a lot more time outdoors. Yeah. It's so rejuvenating, isn't it? Just to, even just stepping out in the backyard, but taking some of those walks. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, we, I got to do some of that as well. And that's just so, so fun. And um, in fact, we were talking about how usually because 
the kids have always been home and they're in school. We always take our break during the summer. But the it's so beautiful here in the Pacific Northwest. It's like one of my favorite times is the summer actually and the fall. And so we were thinking, well, maybe what we need to do is start taking those breaks at different times mm-hmm. so that we can actually stay here and not miss all this beautiful weather. But um, one of the other things that we did that was pretty fun was we drove our son, Chance, to college. Um, he, it's his first year at Colorado State University. So uh, go Rams. <laughs> Although I'm a Husky, so um, go Rams because I'm I'm a mom of a of a Ram. Yeah, I think that's actually the first time I've heard you say anything other than go Husky. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's so funny because my my kids, uh, I will not wear sweatshirts that represent their colleges, <laughs> except if it says mom on it. So <laughs> it's it's. Um, <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, I'm proud to have my mom's sweatshirt from Colorado State University. Um, And uh, what was really fun with that, of course, you know, seeing him in his new environment and getting him all settled was really fun. But also, uh, my husband and I, we took a a long trip back. Mm. And so we got to see the Tetons and Yellowstone and a lot of other wonderful things. So that, that was really fun, and that was a really intentional pause. So instead of just hustling back and making it back in three days, we, we took the week and really had a good time. Lovely. Uh, one, of, one of the really interesting things that happened and what I love about taking a break and getting outside of your normal space is that sometimes you'll see something that, you know, it's one of those awe experiences, and that's really good for your brain, and or or things that are just – strange or bizarre or weird and we on this trip back we were in the middle of absolutely literally nowhere just hours of nothingness and we and the speed limit is quite high there Mm -hmm. and we're screaming down the freeway and all of a sudden to the side of the freeway in this very tiny little town called eden um was this huge stand that sold bonsais and so we went (laughs) flying past it there was this huge sign that said bonsais bonsai plants bonsai plants (laughs) (laughs) this was in wyoming and it i'm like what is what are bonsai trees doing in wyoming and so i looked at my husband ari and i said we've gotta go back (laughs) And he's like, all right. So we turned around and went back, and we met this really lovely lady. Mm. And she had this great story about how she had lived in California and studied under this master um, bonsai person. And we just had this lovely conversation. I thought, wow, in the middle of nowhere, here we are. And what a beautiful name, right, Eden? And... um Anyway, so I ended up buying one of her bonsais, oh. and now I have that as a reminder of the trip, but also of how you can find these really cool, unexpected things if you're open to it, right? And get outside, get outside your own comfort zone. So mm-hmm. um, that was that was super fun, and we've got some cool pictures that we'll be sharing, Trisha and I, on our Instagram. Um, and Facebook. So be looking for that. And we've got a couple of other things here that we're going to share that we did together that was 
really fun. Way fun. (laughs) (laughs) We went to our local farmer's market in Puyallup. So shout out to any of the vendors that we talked to and gave away our our sticker, our lifting leader sticker too. It was amazing to me that, you know, in our own backyard that we could have that much fun talking to people we didn't know about things that they're passionate about. It was so cool. I had such a good time doing that, that I went back a few times. And each time I went, I tried to find the same people to just touch base and see how they're doing. And, and quite frankly, we could have gone, we could have stood around maybe another three or four hours and found many more people there who are just so dedicated to what they do and passionate about why they're doing it. And, oh, it was just, it was interesting talking to other people about what they love. You know, it was great. So much fun. It is amazing, isn't it? How people in such different jobs and for different reasons have found what they are so passionate about and makes them happy and joyful and they're bringing good things to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it is that, you know, I was thinking if they hadn't found that, we wouldn't have some of the cool things that we, that we do have in the world, Mm -hmm. the fresh vegetables. And we found a great vendor who was recycling um, or repurposing old leather jackets and we made we bought a couple purses from her. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so we we found some people that were super dedicated mm-hmm. to making the world a better place, and we're excited about that. And so we're hoping we're in conversation with a couple of those people to have them on the podcast, so you get a chance not only to meet them and hear their amazing stories, but hopefully support them as well, because these are people who have dedicated their lives to making the world a better place in their own way, where they have found it their passion. Yeah, I think that, you know, the lesson there for me was, you know, let's let's promote people going to their local farmers markets Absolutely. and going to your, you know, whatever local bazaar even when, you know, we have we have Christmas bazaars here, you know, in yeah. our area and in I'm sure that it's all over. I know when I lived in California, they had them in the fall and stuff and and just going and talking to the local vendors that have put so much into their to their wares that they're selling and just find out you know what what started that for them where was that where did that come from it's not like they necessarily you know just picked it up from maybe they did from childhood or something but but for some reason they're doing what they're doing and it's not always for money which is really nice it's often there's a there's a real cause behind it and so that's that's sort of amazing to me is that you can find that kind of richness in your own backyard yep yep and it's inspiring yeah we as trisha was talking about getting out in the (laughs) in the in nature we actually went swimming a couple times at our local lake and that was really fun and we found it was a new meeting place for us (laughs) i was gonna say it was a it was the best place to do our brainstorming because we sat out in the water and and we worked out a lot of of our plans and stuff it was very cool yeah. And, and it was the first time I had been swimming in many years. And I will tell you, I wasn't really swimming, folks. I was waiting. <laughs> but it was fun. Oh. And I want to do it again. Um, we also, we both actually had some fun experimenting with um, an at-home, in-home composter. Mm-hmm. And 
that was that was really fun. We're learning our way through that, but we felt like that was one way that we could support and try and make the world a, in a very small way. We recognize that, but to make the world a better place is just to, garbage is such a huge issue. Mm-hmm. So how how can we take one small step to make that a little better? Yeah, it um, it has been a learning thing. That was that was my commitment at the beginning of our our summer, right? Yep. I said, I'm going to learn how to effectively compost, right? I've, I've done it in the past and not done it very well, but this was, it's, it takes a lot of the guesswork out for you, but it isn't all out because I'm still trying to figure out the secret sauce that makes it perfectly dirt. But um, I've gotten it to do it a few times. I'm going to keep working at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So another thing we did was actually a little self-care in eating dessert. <laughs> we yes. went for ice cream a couple times. That was that was fun and out of our norm. We don't normally do that. No. But that was really fun. And what else did we do? And ge- just basically generating those ideas for the podcast as well. And there was lots of other things that we did. But it was it was really nice to have a little bit of a break. It was great. And, you know, it's, it wasn't just a break from the podcast. I mean, we both work. So, you know, there's work keeps going on. But I think it's nice when other people at work are on vacation during the summertime, too, because it, it does give you a chance to kind of renew your thinking about what you're doing and all of that. In, and I, I usually don't save that till the beginning of the year when everybody says, oh, clean out your desk, get everything clean so that you can start the next year off on a good good note. Um, I think it's better in the summer t- sometimes when I have energy and I'm feeling my head is in a more positive space and, you know, the sun is shining all the time and I can say, you know, I, I think I can kind of reorganize how I manage my clients, you know, or yeah. how, how I work with my clients. And it was, um, that was also, I think, a good part of this summer. I did a lot of that, just kind of rethinking my my now and my future. It was really cool. Yeah, great. So one thing that we did not do <laughs> is we didn't get it get to give away our three $50 REI gift cards. Nope. No, so you know, in full transparency and growth mindset, that that failure is a opportunity, an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. Is uh, we didn't get a single entry into our summer challenge. I'd like to believe that <laughs> that people were probably taking vacations this year, and because we've had COVID, you know couple of years where COVID kind of prevented that. I'm hoping that that's what people were doing is, you know, spending really precious time with their families and friends and stuff. But it was a little disappointing, I have to say, because <laughs> I would have loved to have like given away something for somebody's, you know, good work. I think it would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we still have these mm-hmm. $350 REI gift cards yep. burning a hole in our pocket and we want to give them away. So we're going to put a challenge out to you, our listeners. We hope you'll help us out and go to our website and go to our email. You can click on there for, for leaving a comment 
And we would like to hear from you to see how can we give these, what's the best way to actually give these $50 gift cards away? Mm-hmm. We're going to give one of them to one of you, one of our listeners. Um, we're, we'll put If you give us an idea, you send us that email, we will pick one of those uh, through a raffle and we'll give one of the $50 gift cards away. And the other two will use one of the ideas that, that our listeners come up with as a way to give give these out. So we want to hear from you. What are your ideas? How should we go about actually giving these away? And then also if you have ideas about how what we could have done differently, we would love to hear that too. We're totally open to that because we want to, we would like to do something, you know, in the future that will be fruitful for other people as well and, um, and fun. Yeah. It would be great. Yep. We'll be taking your ideas for the next couple of weeks. So that'll close on September 30th. So at the end of the day, September 30th. So get, get your emails to us before then. And we really hope to hear from you. So we did come up with a few ideas also for improvements and updates to the podcast. And so we're going to share just a couple of those with you. So Chance, our tech support on this program, who I was just talking about, we just dropped off at college at Colorado State University. He's going to be recording his own episode about once a month. And he's going to keep us up to date on the latest on ecosystem science and sustainability, which is the program that he is in at CSU. And this program that he's in is the premier program in the country. And so we want to learn a little bit about what he's learning. So we want him to pass that good cutting edge information on. And when I asked him what this program is all about, he said that they are all about Reloving the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to be a part of that. So there's he's gonna be able to take some really cool classes. There's a lot of research going on in this area. And so he's gonna he's gonna let us know what's going on there. And so I'm really excited about that. And I can't think of a better person to do that. You know, chance is just so authentically chance in in the in that he he really truly believes in this stuff so i think it's wonderful that he's in this program but i think it's such a gift that he's going to be you know on the the podcast once a month i think it's awesome can't wait the other thing that we are going to be doing is we have always um, put out challenges for action And those you can find on each of the episodes, the show notes for each episode. And we are going to skinny that down just a little bit. So we've been giving three to five um, suggestions for challenges for action. It'll probably be one or two and just pick one. We know people are really busy. We hear that from our clients all the time. We're busy ourselves. And sometimes even when you're given lots of options, it can feel overwhelming. So we're going to try and just really narrow that down for people. Take a quick peek at that when you look at our website and look at the show notes for each episode, and there'll be one or two, just pick one, challenges for action. And of course, you know that, you know, there's nobody standing over your shoulder watching you as you do this. This is just, you know, take a look at what you, what our show notes say and what those challenges are and just think, you know, what is that? What would that look like? You know, what, 
if I were to do that, or if I were to, you know, think this way, what, what would that look like? Sometimes it's just that asking yourself a few questions in your head can make you start thinking about some new and different ideas for doing things, you know, at work or at home or wherever you are. So, yeah. And we'd really suggest also that if you're looking for a way to have these conversations with your teams, this is also intended for that. So for you as a leader, but also you can take these and, you know, use it as kind of like a book club. So have your team listen to the podcast and then you've got a, a, a really good question to start a conversation with. So you can look at look at it that way as well. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. You know, I think often we think of this as an individual is looking at this, but make it a part of a team deal. You know, maybe if you're having a staff meeting or if you're having a huddle or anything, you know, or just coffee, you know. Yeah. At, yeah. A, at a break room, that that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And as we know, small shifts over time really make big transitions. And so these are an opportunity to... Um, to make these small shifts once a week. And then you, at the end of the year, at the end of the quarter, you'll notice we've actually made a change. And that, you know, I just want to say one thing on that. And that is that, you know, these small shifts that we're talking about, those are the things that actually do change the world. It's when we have these big, huge initiatives and they are an event. Yeah. That they may not be sustainable because it's an event. You know, yeah. it's a one-time deal. But if you if you make small shifts and you try it and it works and you try it again and it works and you keep doing that over and over again, it becomes a habit. And habits, you know, good behavior habits are great. And things that are different, you know, being creative in a, in a different way, if it works for you and you try it again and it works for you again, Keep doing it and see how it works. And then and then throw that out to the world. Throw that out to people that you work with or people that you are around and and challenge them to do the same thing. It's amazing what can happen to the world. Yeah. It's a it's a one person having an Im- your own impact, being that model, having an impact on one other person and having an impact on one other yep. person. And that's how it goes around the world, right? Dropping that's how it becomes the rock in the pond, right? Yeah, it's like the ripple effect. Yeah, and viral. That's, that's how it becomes viral. That, maybe we don't even want to say that anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Given <let's>, COVID, <laughs> we're changing the word. <laughs> oh my gosh! So now we're going to switch gears, and we want to revisit our last episode, the one that we just dropped on September twelfth, our conversation with Susan Mann, where we talked with her about how to sustain our spirit in challenging times. So there were so many rich ideas that she brought to us, but we're going to dive deeper into just one of those. She referenced an article in HBR, which is Harvard Business Review article, called Stop Framing Wellness Programs Around Self-Care. And so we're going to spend a few minutes not actually talking about every aspect of this. So we'll have it linked in our show notes, but just a a few of the gems that we wanted to pull out of this article that we felt were really important. So the article generally talks about how, and, and we agree here definitely, that lately we've seen that wellness programs are really talking more about what an individual can do Mm -hmm. to to be well. And the the challenge with that and what they're saying in this article is that 
When we do that, when we put all the onus on an individual is that actually creates division, it creates loneliness and disconnection. And so we definitely do not want to be doing that. And so they challenge us to think about this as a team, as a collective, that we need to, as organizations, provide opportunities for people to connect within an organization. I, I do want to um, just say something about, you know, the subheading um, under the, at the beginning of the article where it says that most workplace wellness programs focus on individual perks. Um, and th- that, to your point, the last few years, it hasn't really felt like a perk. It has felt like an essential, something yeah. that was essential. People needed it. Yeah. They needed some way to cope with a lot, not just work, not just wellness, not just life and death, but having to work with their family in the same room with them all day mm-hmm. long, all night long, you know, 24-7. There was a lot um, having to get your groceries delivered. You know, I mean, there's a lot that went on that that caused this not to be a perk. And so um, the fact that businesses, I think they need to rethink that a little bit even now. Um, it's not something, it's an essential function, I think, within an organization that mm-hmm. you offer something like this because it's true. The work is on the person. It's really up to them to reach out, seek, you know, yeah. whatever the, the program has. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you were saying that, what came to mind was, well, what does that actually look like? What what have we seen that are the individual programs? And so it's things like gym memberships, meditation yes. apps. Um, sometimes people were... Uh, flexible with their paid time off. Sometimes they, some organizations gave time for people extra vacation or sick leave time to accommodate the fact that people were getting sick and they needed Mm -hmm. to be out. And there was no way that they could have planned for that much sick leave to be out. Um, So those are the kinds of things when we think about individual, um, individual solutions and, what what we're talking about here is um, creating more connections actually in work. And we, for sure, like you were saying, we're not saying don't do those things. Right. Those things are important and foundational. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give the impression that those aren't important. They are. It's just that there's more that can be done as well. Yeah, I, you know, I I have to think back when I started working years ago, I worked for a very large organization, and um, they had programs similar to what they do today. But in our organization, it was important to our senior leadership that everybody had an opportunity to stay healthy. And so gym memberships were you know, you didn't pay for those. It was offered. And they had on-site gyms everywhere in our our buildings yeah. so that people could participate in, you know, different opportunities to just get away. And, and they had, you know, meditation rooms and all that kind of stuff. And and now, I mean, that was, it kind of went by the wayside years ago. And yeah. and now it's back as, as um, you know, a perk or whatever. But it's really something that now I think more than ever people are saying we need it we want it and it's something for 
organizations who are looking at the next vendors or whatever to to offer that to think about, you know, what do we want? What do our people want? Yeah, and what will what will be right for them? Yeah. So the article sort of frames the problem like this. It says the crux of the problem lies in the fact that human well-being is not achieved alone. Our psychological health is grounded in attachment to and acceptance by others. We are essentially social animals. In fact, recent studies suggest that feeling disconnection from others is as significant a health risk as smoking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. That I did not realize. So... Feeling disconnected from others is a significant health risk as smoking, mm-hmm. excessive alcohol consumption, and a lack of physical activity. So basically it's saying, you know, these are this is really, really important. We need to be more connected. And, and we're not saying that you need to have a, you know, a, a relationship with those people around you to the point that you're, you know, buddies and, and all that. It's... But there is a need to have that connection where there's a shared understanding, perhaps, or, or feelings of being able to, to share how you're feeling with other people at the same time. You had uh, one thing that we've both done in our coaching that um, you brought up as one of the how you check in with people, right? And mm-hmm. that is the... Yeah. So we, we always start off when we do any kind of group meeting um can be just a team meeting or it can be something that's around a learning um growth is we do a two-word check-in and sometimes i know leaders are a little worried about that because what if people check in in a negative way Mm -hmm. they check in and i'm harried i'm exhausted i'm and that's the point. The yes. point is not that we have to solve it for people, but just seeing people and recognizing and believing them that, yes, people are tired, they're exhausted. And maybe everyone will show up that way. Maybe you have half the group that shows up that way. The other half is energized. And we can talk a little bit about that. But we can also just honor the fact that people are feeling the way they're feeling. Yeah, it's meeting them where they are, right? Yeah. And without trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling, you know, disengaged, I don't expect everybody to say, well, maybe you should do this, or what What if you tried this? You know, I don't yeah. want an answer. I'm just feeling that way. Yeah. Interestingly, at the end of meetings, often we will ask the same question, you know, what two words? And often there are some people who will leave feeling the same way they came in. Yeah, but very often they'll feel a little more um, calm, a little more collected, a little more um, engaged, maybe hopeful. You know, the words do change a bit, and it's not always. It doesn't have to be the goal, but it is always a nice um, benefit to find out that that whatever was discussed. And that happens when people collectively discuss things honestly and authentically, right? Yes. It's that that makes those two words change most often is when people feel like they're not alone, right? It's so powerful. And I I love that you brought that up. And I think that is one of the things that was just most surprising to me when we actually started this practice of the two-word check-in 
it isn't about like what you said. It's not about solving it for them, but it's about just bringing that into the room. The leader, our facilitator, recognizing it that we've got different people in different places, and we hope that you know you can be present in this moment with us. But then to see the, even though we haven't addressed it head on, mm-hmm. whatever the task was that the group was doing, it refocuses them. And when they leave, they oftentimes do say that. They say, I'm more centered, I'm peaceful, I'm energized, I'm inspired, whatever. It, 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 it's a great feeling to have people, even though it wasn't like the whole session was focused on how to make, you know, Jane feel better. It was just the interaction and the connection created that for mm-hmm. them. And I, yeah, it's it's one of the most powerful things I think I've ever experienced with groups. And it was so amazing how it happens almost every time. Yes. We will shift at least some people over time. Over, over time. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I think we started this at the when the pandemic was on, yeah. was going on. I mean, yes, I know that it's still really a pandemic, but um, when it was at its height. And it isn't such a front burner item these days because people have, you know, more people are vaccinated or boosted and, and we're seeing that people are are doing better through this pandemic. Interestingly enough, I think that the question or the the two words now seem to be a bit richer. They may still be, you know, yeah, really, um, you know, like sad, or there might be, you know, some negative, you know, feelings that are going on at the beginning. But what I'm seeing now is a shift differently in the conversation throughout the middle of that meeting Mm -hmm. so that when they leave, there really is a different feeling when they leave. And so I'm seeing more and more people who have had those down feelings at the beginning. Those two words were just like really, you know, you feel, you feel pretty badly for the person, but by the end, it's not like we fixed anything, but they feel better because they've had an opportunity to share how they're feeling or share what it is that's going on that is making, um, maybe making them feel that way without coming out and sharing or divulging anything that's personal or yeah. too personal. So yeah, cool. that they aren't ready to share. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two principles um, for creating the foundation of workplace well-being. And that first one is frame adversity as belonging to the collective. So Basically, what this means is that people can bring forward any challenge. It can be a work challenge. It can be a personal challenge, but it can be a tactical challenge, whatever it is. And instead of it framing it as the one person who has the issue and that everybody else gets to ignore it, it's that they put that challenge, that adversity out in the middle of the table, uh, metaphorically anyway, and they, everybody owns it, and they figure out what's their part of helping to solve that. And that's just really powerful so the person doesn't feel alone. And the, the people, the, the rest of the group gets to be a part of the solution rather than just watching the person suffer. And this, this may not be exactly the perfect example, but I think about hybrid work environment. 
mm-hmm. you know, where there were individuals who were really st- and still struggling with coming back to the office, right? Businesses are trying to be um, proactive and, and, you know, telling people they can work from home a little bit and they can work from, you know, but they need to come back to the office a little bit. Or there are some businesses that are just saying, go for it, just stay home and work because we're getting great work out of you. But it's such a new and different thing that when the topic comes up in a lot of meetings, there are individuals who automatically make it very personal. It becomes very personal, even though there are other people in the room that may be feeling the same way. The cool thing is that if that comes out and is put on the table, it becomes a discussion that everybody gets to have. And hopefully at the end of that discussion, they've come to some agreement on on how they want to keep testing it or they want to keep you know trying it whichever way they decide. Yeah. But But everybody has a say in it which yeah. is really nice because it's no longer the um, autocratic top-down, you know, your boss says, no, you're coming back to the office. That's not turning out to be effective at all. Yeah. We've seen that in, the, yeah. you know, people who are resigning left and right, right? They don't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I love that example. It's so current and and really applicable. The other example I have is like, I went through this really nightmare time when I was a leader where it sounds like a great thing, where we were very, very um, metric focused and project focused. And so we had these project report out meetings <laughs> and they we used the red, yellow, green, which I'm sure oh, everybody's used this. Traffic light. Right? So we'd sit around as a leadership team and we would have to we they'd put it up on the screen so we could all look at it and we'd walk through each project are you red are you yellow are you green being naive and a truthful person maybe a little too honest i a lot of my projects were red because we had a ton of projects we couldn't get to all of them um this was not news to my leader but we would go through this every time. And what was interesting was that this was not this was not a value where we were all in it together. Mm-hmm. And so they would sort of look, people would look at you, you know, and it's like, even though we're a leadership team, they would be like, oh, I'm sure glad it's that's not me. And so it was this huge amount of shame around you were red. So instead of it being that, hey, let's figure out how to help these teams get back into at least a yellow. It was, no, this is this is your problem. You fix it and you're the bad seed. Well, and that is like so interesting that you should say that because how many departments have gone through things like this? And depending on the culture in the department, because we know microcultures exist everywhere, right? Yeah. What's the point? What is the point of putting something up on a PowerPoint on a screen, right, that shows red, yellow, and green? So what? You know, I mean, who who is going to do something differently as a result of it? Who is going to jump right in 
and say, oh, okay, I've got an idea for you. There's none of that that goes on. No. It is really a way, it's almost like a performance appraisal, isn't it? Yeah. Only right up there for everybody <laughs> Super to public. see. It's like, yeah. wow, that's another one of those really ineffective things that we've done in the past. I know that it's happened in my past as well, and yeah. I don't think anybody ever liked the the actual activity. Yeah. And I can tell you as a for a fact that project ends were never um, powerful. We never had, you know, any celebration at the end of a project that had been read for so long because we were waiting for all the parties to come to the table to finish their stuff. Cause that's usually what is the right. problem. <laughs> it's not that you, the leader didn't do your work. Yeah. It's that they, you've got work out there and you're waiting for it to come back. Right. Yeah. So, Oh gosh. Or we're waiting for decisions, which was yeah. most of it waiting for decisions from Exactly. Places that were not something that we could actually influence higher, higher, at least two levels up. Out of your control. Yeah, right? out of our yeah. control. But my point with that is just that instead of shaming the person who's mm -hmm. in the room, it's like, how do we actually join forces together? And that's what, instead of the division, which is what happened, that's the collective yes. piece that we're talking about here is how do we get everybody to see adversity as a challenge together? And so what that does is increase communication, mm -hmm. builds relationships, and increases functioning of the group versus isolation, anxiety, overwhelm, and a decrease in team functioning. Yeah, so this I, is critical. And honestly, I think that it is also a way of, of really boosting innovation because when you get people yes. in a collective talking about something together, they always you get the best work, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Better better ideas. Absolutely. Yep. The second principle is to create and foster relational pauses. And basically what this one is about is literally just taking a pause. So it's not about pity partying or whining. This is actually saying, hey, we, we want to see a window into the emotional and relational realities of your work. And sometimes this can actually come out just as celebrations. Like, let's talk about things that actually that have gone well, what's going right. And it's not toxic positivity. We can talk about things that are hard, but we can also, I think it's important to recognize when things are going well, whether they're big things or small things, it can be personal, can be work. Again, it's this opportunity to create connection. Yeah, um, I think this is really important, and it's and it's not just about our emotional state. It's really not. I mean, it, on a business level or on a on a technical level, if you will, or whatever, you see that in some organizations where they they actually take these pauses prior to doing something really important. You know, to make sure that everybody's in the same space. Everybody's head is going in the right direction. Their thinking is going in the right direction. Um, the, the thought that comes to mind for me is when, and there's a, I think they even say it in the article, but I used to work in a hospital and um, we were one of the hospitals that was really focusing on minimizing wrong site surgeries because it happens all over the world. It is something that is not as uncommon as it was. Well, it is more uncommon now, but back then it wasn't. And so one of the things that, that was decided in healthcare and it was brought down from an organization that, um, that most hospitals look up to um, was to 
to take a pause where everybody would huddle together. Who anybody was going into a surgery to work on a patient, they'd get they'd get together. They'd say, "Okay, so this is our patient. You know, he's a he's a, a lawyer from you know da 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 da." They'd actually make the person human so that when they were into surgery, mm. they cared about this person differently. Yeah. Um, and they would say, and, and he's having surgery on his left, left shoulder, and um, everybody would know it's the left shoulder. This would make sure that everybody was on the right, right side. They would take um, marking pens and actually mark the spot so that they would, everybody made sure they knew that it was happening. Let's make sure that we are, you know, we're going to be doing things this way. I'll be, you know, I'll be in charge and I'll be, you know, guiding you along. We're going to be uh, taking a pause in the middle to make sure that we're still on track, just to make sure everybody heard that. And are there any questions before we start? And then they would quietly walk into the room and there they would be greeted with the patient and the anesthesiologist usually. But, you know, it's it was just something to for the whole group to get together on one topic, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, it's so, you know, what if you had a flat tire on your way to work and somebody else just found out their checkbook was drained and, you know, your kids are have the measles or whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's all sorts of things that go yeah. on in the world and and that can affect the outcome of something. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. I love that. Um, the other thing, some of sort of building it into possibly team meetings and that sort of thing, starting out with some sort of a ritual around asking a question, something like, you know, what gives you energy? Mm-hmm. When do you feel engaged? What is creating anxiety or frustration for you right now? And listen deeply and respond with empathy and not with defensiveness or judgment. I think that's really important is that we that we suspend our judgment and we just are present and listen. It's sort of that two two word check in in a way, but in a mm-hmm. in a different way. You know, it it's actually just it, it puts people thinking. It makes them think about that for a moment, and that's so important. You know, it it's also like having. Um, it's almost like having a reflection at the beginning of a meeting too. Some some organizations do reflections. Um, in healthcare, yeah. often it's um, kind of a prayerful reflection. But outside of that, or in in a um, a non faith based organization, those reflections just might be getting everybody on one on one page. You know, before you start thinking, and often that one page or getting everybody on one page is coming from a question that has to do with what you're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. but how you feel about something that may be just an element of it, you know? So, um, you know, just in training, we've, we've done that in training where yes. you get people together and we start talking about, you know, how resilient, you know, trees are, you mm. know, or something. Yeah. And, and the topic is really on resilience, but we want to talk to people about, you know, what, ask them, you know, what is resilience? Where where have you seen resilience? You know, yeah. Where have you had to be resilient? You know, where have you grown your resilience? What what happened? You know, you yeah. don't have to share it with anybody. You just have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So one thing, sort of a tactical thing, but and it seems probably pretty obvious, but these things are important to establish good practices. 
is to make sure that you talk about, especially when you're starting something new, <laughs> talk about why you're doing it and, hey, we're starting this because of this reason and to make sure that you're creating a safe space through establishing group norms and holding people accountable for that. So what's, what is the behavior that you're expecting when, when we're doing these relational pauses? So that allows everyone to feel like they can safely contribute and they know the best way to contribute. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I go back to this so often and, and probably to the point that people will probably want, not want to hear it all the time, that if you look at um, Bill Bridges' model for transition, you know, that's there's that middle part when you've left behind the old, but you haven't quite embraced the new, and there's that middle of the road called, you know, the neutral zone or whatever. That, but it is that place where you don't have a lot of answers. And leaders really, that's, that's their opportunity, even if you have no answers yourself, but it's the opportunity to reach out to people and, you know, let them know that you're in that space too, but that you're going to get through it together. But to get their ideas maybe, or to find out, you know, what do you need right now? What, what is it that you need right now so that we can keep moving forward? You know, do you need some space? Do you need us? Do we need to, you know, revisit something? Do we need to have a brainstorming session? Do we need to do something else? And now I know that's work and it's not really a pause, but during that middle part of, of change, it's such a scary time for some people that a leader helping somebody feel a little more comfortable because they're not alone. That is kind of goes back to principle number one, but it also is very much about you know, how do we make this pause intentional? Or how do we make this pause um, something that will be positive when we come out on the other side? Yeah. Thank you for that, Tricia. And, and it's always a good reminder. So I, I don't think we have to worry about it being overly done. It's, it's, it's just a, it's one of those foundational pieces that are mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. So we hope that you're, you'll be thinking about how to expand wellness in your organization, to think about it beyond just the individual, what the individual needs to be doing for wellness, but also the collective. And so our challenge for action, and we talked about this up front, that we're skinning this down a little bit. So we've got two of them, and we would suggest that you just pick one to focus on this week. Challenges for action. The first one, how will you implement regular relational pauses for your team and organization? So the idea is that you're creating a practice of this. It's not a one-time event. It's a practice. The second um, option for challenge for action is the next time someone on your team encounters adversity, how can you reframe it as belonging to the whole collective? I love these, and I'm hoping that people do, you know, tag onto one of them and just really think about it and, and start maybe even making a plan. That'd be great. So let's keep that conversation going, okay? If you have a question or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels 
at lifting underscore leaders. There are so many exceptional podcasts coming up, more with fantastic guests, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them. Text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it with on your Instagram or tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. That's also where you're going to be able to put in um, your ideas. Okay, so liftingleaderspodcast.com. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leadership coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. We want to thank Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show, always. And lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Crystal, thank you so much for like bringing this up to um, as the topic today. It I think it supports very nicely the great work that um, that Susan Mann is doing, but that she brought us as a gift in our last episode. Oh, thank you, Trish. It was really fun to be back at it again. I know. I'm so glad we're doing this again. Okay, <laughs> you guys, we'll get over it. Uh, <laughs> thanks to our audience. We really do appreciate you listening. Find ways every single day to lift each other up. Have a great week. Thank you.